if you have studied the book of Peter, every book of the Bible has a theme. There is a reason for the book. And if you read at the beginning of each book, you will find some information that gives the history of the book that you might be about to read. And when you read the book of 1 and 2 Peter, these two books were written by Peter by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to Christians who were suffering, to Christians who were being persecuted. Um, you know, sometimes when I think of what's happening today, and, and I, I want to just burst out against some of the things, I remind, I remind myself that you and I, in spite of what's happening today in our political situation here, it's nothing like what Paul and Peter lived through in the days of Rome. Because when this book was written, Christians were being tortured, used as, 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 as uh, um, flames to light up Rome. And, and uh, things were happening that, that people had no control over them. At least we still have some control over over them. They were being slandered. They faced hostility. They faced situations that they did not themselves create. And you would think that what Peter would write, having, you know, when he begins his scriptures, he says, to you who are scattered abroad, they, they had no resting place. You would think that Peter say, would say, the best thing to do is to find a place where you can escape. Look for a refuge somewhere. At one point in his life, David said the same thing. David said, I wish I've, I had a, a place that I could fly off into the wild blue yonder and just forget all the problems that I'm facing. And every time I read that, I usually say, David, you're going to take the problem with you because you are going to be there. When I was in the office of the dean uh, several years ago, a student walked into my office and he said to me, Mr. Thurton, I mean he was really, Mr. Thurton, I would like to join a mission but it has to be perfect. And I said to him, and when you do, don't join it because that will be the end of its perfection. I knew the student. I knew what he was like. And, and, and we think that somehow if we, we find the right place, the right situation, things will be different. But Peter did not say any such thing to these suffering saints. You know what he said to them? Grow up. Grow up. Now, I, I'm, when we say today, it is said with a sense of meanness. That's not what Peter meant. He talks about what they are facing, what they're doing, what they're experiencing. And then he said, but you, but you, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the greatest need that you and I have today as we face a world that is totally, totally divided, divisive, a world that is in conflict with, a world that is in conflict with itself, what are we to do? We have to grow up. Because only spiritual growth will help us to face them, to face it. 
let's, let's begin with the call to grow. The call to grow. <laughs> the, the, the expectation of growth, it is, it's, in our, it's in our DNA. When, when, you look, when you look at a, a young child you haven't seen for a year or two or three, and then the, you see them, what's the first thing you say? <gasps> you have grown. You know, we, we are surprised that I have a picture of my grandson on my, one of my desks at home. And, and I, I looked like I, I was just born. Here's a boy I held in my arm two weeks after he was born. And I looked at this little thing and I, I wondered what it would be like. And I, when I did, by the way, he was born in Georgia. That's where Heather and her husband were while James was studying theology in Toccoa Falls, Georgia. And I, I, I never thought that one day I'd be living in Oregon. I was living in Toronto at the time. I didn't think that I would, would move, but it was just a strange thing. And then at my son's wedding a month, a year ago, he was one of the, the groomsmen. And I have to look up to the guy. He's 6'3", 17 years old. Oh, how I envy that. I always wanted to be tall. I wanted to be tall because I thought no small guy could ever make it in baseball. And so for me, we, we expect to grow. Uh, businessmen expect that their business will grow. I did a little bit of research. Chick-fil-A started back in 1967, 53 years ago, with one restaurant, one. Today, it is the fourth largest restaurant in the world. It has grown. And it's doing a lot of things to grow. Some of the things are no-no things. <laughs> As it just did to the Salvation Army not too long ago. The, 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 the growth is something that is a part of who we are. It happens. If, if, if things are not growing, we tend to question the reason for their existence or the cause for the lack of growth. It is expected. It is expected. I think that God has made it that way. And the Christian life, the Christian life does not end when you begin to believe in Jesus. It is, as someone said, the Christian life is not, is not a, sprint, a, a sprint. It's a marathon. You, you, you begin and you begin a race. And you know how long that race lasts? For the rest of your life. It's, it's not something that you can finish. When I was in college, a speaker came and, and he said, students, it takes 25 years to make a man of God. And I was a young theological student and I thought, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Come on, I can do it a lot quicker. It doesn't take 25 years. Now, I still disagree with him, but I disagree with him in a different way. Here's how I disagree with him. It takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime. Growth is the expectancy of having life. And that's what Peter was saying. 
look at the essence of growth. What does it mean to grow? What was he telling the people? Peter wrote this. But grow, grow, and the word grow there is, is a Greek word which means to enlarge. Not talking about quantity, but it's talking about quality. If you please, the word growth here is talking about becoming mature. Mature. When you are a new Christian, your Christian life is just beginning. You don't understand a lot of things that you may read in the scriptures. They might not make sense to you. But as you continue to read, and scripture answers the scripture, and the Holy Spirit opens your understanding to divine truth, you begin, something begins to happen in you. And you know what Paul says? We are constantly changing to become more like Jesus. We are constantly. In 1 John chapter 3, he says this, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it doesn't yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You and I will one day, in character, be just like Jesus before God. My friends, that should, that should cause you to even whisper within your hearts, Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight. Because at that point, I'm going to see Jesus and I'm, I'm going to be like him in my character. I will not have to worry about sin in my life anymore when that day comes. I will not have to worry about some of the things that, that we have to worry about now in life. You know, I, 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 I took my wife to, to the pain clinic this past Tuesday and... Um, she went through, and I know that Lillian went through the same thing uh, on, on Friday. And, and they gave her an epidural in her back. And, and they did a few things this time that set her back for almost two and a half days. She, 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 she could hardly move at certain points. And, and one of the things Lois wanted to do, oh, she wanted to go to her grandson's basketball game Friday night. And I put my foot down, and she stepped on it. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, I, said, I said, honey, you are not going. It, it doesn't make, I know you want to go. I want to go. But you can't do it. You know, when she got out of the car, she was wobbly, and she was with this way. For a couple, my friends. A day is coming when all that will be history. A day is coming when that will no longer happen. But not here. Not here. What did Peter say to the people in his day about the essence of growth? First of all, he says the essence of growth is to grow in grace. Grow in grace. That's number one. What does it mean to grow in grace? This is, the word grow means to enlarge. The word grace there means 
to have the divine influence, influence affect our character. The, the divine influence. I am beginning to find a transformation in my inner self. God is doing something by his word, as Peter will tell us. And he's doing something by his spirit. And I find myself now loving something I never loved before. Trying to get rid of things I always embraced before. And wanting to do what I never wanted to do before. is the divine influence. I don't turn over a new leaf. It is the grace of God. Listen to how verse 3 of the song we like to sing at everything we get. Through many dangers, toil, and snares, I have already come. It's this grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. There is not a point in your life and mine that this grace is not needed. And the more God gives to us, the more we respond. My favorite verse in scripture, I said that this morning to my class, and it's going to be a different verse now. <laughs> it's 1 Corinthians 15, 10. I am what I am by the grace of God, and the grace of God was not given to me in vain. So I labored more than others, not because... I am better than they, but because of the grace of God in me. See, the grace of, please listen. The grace of God, Peter will say, can help me to be hospitable without grumbling. The grace of God will enable me to be kind without thinking I'm going to wait for some returns. You see, grace is the free act of God which initially comes to us as, as salvation and then remains in us as Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says. The grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness, worldliness, and to look forward to the coming of Christ. That's what the grace of God does. That is why I said it will lead me home. Listen, listen, listen to what Peter Peter says here. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are, the, are, are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Run. No, he says rejoice. <laughs> rejoice. I'm going to tell you that's not my first response. Yet that ought to be my response because that's what grace does. Grace allows me to despise what others are saying so that I can continue to become more like Jesus because the more the grace of God enlarges my character, the better it is for me I can respond like Jesus did. Jesus is my example. I came across a very interesting story this past week about a fellow in Canada. His parents, or his grandparents, bought him a Canadian, Canadian saving bonds back in 1940. It was yielding 19% at that time. Oh, my. And he just came across it. And so 
he went to the Canadian government, this just happened last week, to see if he can check out or check in. And they said, sorry. It was only for a period of time. And so as far as you're concerned, it's not worth a single thing to you. And he's looking at that thing. Dear friends, as I, as I read that, I came to the idea, how many of us as Christians have been given an abundance of grace, but we have not grown. We have not moved one inch because the grace has actually not been received so that we can, we can live above the pressures of life and live with the peace that God has promised to those who trust in him. St. Paul in 2 Corinthians 6, listen to this, talks about the trials he's going through and he enumerates them. He says, as sorrowful, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. <laughs> as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Then, then this, as poor, but making others rich. I love that. Rich, rich with what? Rich with grace. The only, the only way I can, can make others rejoice in the midst of my pain is that they see that my, my, my enduring of the pain is with a quality of life that is not known to them, and they rejoice in that. The uniqueness of it. And like this boy, we're living with something that was there for him for all these years, and it expired, and he didn't know. Thankfully for us, the grace of God never expires. So we are to grow in grace. That's what that word means, the divine influence upon our character. But Paul says there's another part to grace in growing. Grow in knowledge. Grow in knowledge. Now, now this is an interesting one. Knowledge is to, is to come to conclusion by investigation. It is, it, is to, it is to study a situation whereby you get to know it. If, if you please, it is like the bee. I love this. It's like the bee that goes to, to a rose, and the bee goes in and puts its head in and just sucks and sucks and sucks. That's what we have to do. Listen, Jesus uses almost the same term in Matthew eleven twenty nine. He said, come to me and learn from me. Learn. That's a word dealing with the intellect, with the mind. Learn. It is to investigate. It is to search out. Uh, Lois and I were talking about something she was preparing for her class this morning. And, and I said, you know, what we have to realize is that spirituality is not an accident. It's not an accident. Read Proverbs 2. And it says this, if you, are to, if you are to gain wisdom, you are to search for her as for silver. Search for her as, uh, for, her as for hidden treasure. Serve with, for her with all your heart. Then you will get wisdom. Not before. Not before. And the reason, my friends, some of us do not grow is because growth takes work. Growth means that you might have to get up a few minutes earlier 
to spend time in prayer. It means that you might have to overlook some of the failures of others. It means that you're able to respond as someone who is responding in the same way that God is responding to her or to him. What is knowledge? What does it mean to grow in knowledge? Paul says this in one in Philippians 3.10, that I might know him, I might know him. He already knew Christ. But he's saying knowing is progressive. I know more of Christ today than I did yesterday as I was growing. I got to know things about heaven, heavenly perspective of life, and, 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 and the whole existence of the beyond, I get to know that because I've been studying the scriptures. Jesus said to Philip, Philip, have I been so long with you and yet you do not know me? Know me that there is a knowing beyond salvation? <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes tease people and I said, you know, I wonder if my wife would have married me if she knew me before she knew me. <laughs> we discover, we discover one another after marriage. And what, what will help us there is to know how to handle what we know with what God gives grace to do with information from Jesus. We, we actually get to the place where we are looking to God who will provide for us the insight we need into the life and living that we are called to enjoy. It means to learn from him more, to learn more about God, to learn about the unveiling of the majesty of God, of the will of God. It means to know the love of God. I love the prayer of the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, 1949, and as, as, as he said, Lord, Help me to worship you with all my heart, my whole being, to have my conscience quickened by your holiness, to have my mind, to have my mind learning from your word, to have my heart open to your will, to have my will submit to yours. Knowledge. It means that I have gained something. You know, you know, I've been through three colleges. And, and I, <laughs> I don't remember half of what they taught me. You know, you, know, you know where I'm learning it? In the trenches. In the trenches. When I go through school again, of course, I love studying. I love studying. But my friends, this is, what, this is what this text is saying. That there are things, there are things that you will learn about the Christian life that you can only learn from Jesus. He said in John 17, Father, the words you have given to me, I have given to them that they might believe. There are things that you will learn about the Christian life that you will only learn from Jesus. That means communion with him, intimacy with him, 
seeing him as the source of your salvation, seeing him as the one who brings sanctification to your life. Let me quickly, let me quickly, that first part of our text dealt with the expectation, the call to grow. Let's look at the consequences of growth. What happens when I grow as a Christian? You know, um, I, I, I've been watching my son, my son, well, my son too, but watching my grandson playing his basketball from the time he started. And there is a world of difference between how he started to play basketball and what he's doing now. I was watching my granddaughter in soccer. She loves the game. And there's a world of difference between, oh my word, those days when I used to go to Albany Center and watch those kids playing soccer. I said, only the love of a grandfather would keep you here. <laughs> oh my word. But now, now, she has grown up in the game. And she's the only eighth grader in, in West Albany playing with high school students because she's grown. She, she has developed. And my friends, the consequences of growth, see, when you practice holiness in the fear of God, when you abide in the scriptures and the scriptures in you, it does something in a tremendously unique, mystical way that you can only experience. You can't tell it. You can't transfer it. Peter gives us two consequences of spiritual growth. He says, when you grow, when you grow, when you mature as a Christian, when you move from the first uh, story to the second and third and fourth story of the Christian life, and every one of us is capable of that, my friends, it protects us from spiritual charlatans. One of the most well-known persons on television, and I'm not going to call his name, I don't need to, was telling people how to, how to uh, get what they want from God and what they can do to get it and asking for money and, and just on and on and on. It's a terrible thing. And two months ago, this person came on television and said, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was not telling people the truth. And I was glad for that, but friends, listen. How many people have been destroyed in the process? It is true that he has repented, but how many people have been destroyed? I remember hearing the story when I was in college about someone who said something against somebody else and the person went to ask for forgiveness and the person said, yeah, I forgive you. I want to, make, I want to show you something. The person went into her bedroom, pulled a pillow, and slit the pillow and went on her, we used to say veranda as a kid, but the porch and opened the door, went on the porch and opened that, that pillow and the, 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 uh, the um, feathers just went. And the person said, why did you do that? He said, because, or she said, because it's true that you have asked me for forgiveness, but I don't know where your story has gone. Just as those feathers are going to move all over the place, who knows what your story would have done to me in the face of others. You see, a charlatan is someone who uses people, who use religion for money. 
Who, who tells you that if you give to God, he's going to give back to you? They think that, that money is gain. And Paul was so spe specific on this that in 2 Timothy 3, he said, remember Janus and Jambres who opposed Moses? These were charlatans who were in the church who was, who was using Balaam. These are people who use religion so that they can make gain. They might get rich from it. Uh, the people who have People who can't, who can't travel in, in, in regular airplanes, they have to have their own. They have to have their own. And so, if you grow, you will be able to spot that kind of a situation immediately. Immediately. And when you do, it is not for you to stand in the judgment seat and judge them. When you're growing, when you realize that, you run. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is secure. God is the one who protects me from relaying to people the way they are relating to me. Charlatans who use religion. Some one professor at Cambridge was teaching religion and he was an atheist. And someone asked him, why are you teaching religion if you're an atheist? He says, there's money to be made. There's money to be made. God help us. Secondly, it will prevent us from collapsing as Christians. In, in, in Philippians chapter 3, Paul is writing to the Philippian church and this is what he says. For there are many of whom I have told you before and tell you again, even now with tears, with tears, they are enemies of the cross. My friends, one of the schools I graduated from was from Moody Graduate School. And, and I came across a book where a graduate of Moody is, 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 is writing a book denying not only the existence of God, but the whole idea of God at all. There are those who have graduated from other schools that I can name. I name that one because that's my alma mater. It will prevent spiritual collapse. And sometimes the person or persons that you held at a high level in your Christian life might fail and fall. And you say, if that is what I am having to look forward to, that's it for me. And we give up. No. Peter says, if, if you grow, you will not fall. You know, my, my grandson can handle a basketball a lot better. He's not tripping all over himself. My granddaughter can kick a straight a football straight as, 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 as they have to do. And, and, and she's in shape because that's what you have to be in, in, in I better say football, soccer. I was brought up in, in a country where we call it football, but it's, it's soccer here, so I have to remember that. And why? Because they have grown. They have grown. They know what to do when that ball is coming toward them. And my friends, you and I, when we have spiritual eyes, the Puritans used to pray, help me to be conscious of the first approach of sin that I may make a detour from that and go to the direction where I will be prevented. 
That's the consequences of growth. It protects. It protects from charlatans. Perhaps some of you have been deceived by TV people who have told you, you do this, and this is what's going to happen. And sure enough, it didn't happen because God didn't promise it. There's a big church in California right now. They had a, a service. Two-year-old girl died. And instead of going to the cemetery, they were trying to raise this little girl. They were deceiving the parents. Nowhere in the Bible are we told that, that any pastor can pray and raise someone from the dead. But these are things that are happening. God help us. Paul said, Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. He found the taste for the world more palatable than his taste for Jesus Christ. Let me quickly get to the center of growth for growth. What's the center? It is not a place. It is not a place. Your spirituality does not begin when you arrive here Sunday mornings. This is where you come to express it. This is not where you come to get it. There is no growth in the soul if the growth is not in the text. It is not a place. Israel went through that. They thought the place to, to, to worship was Jerusalem. The Samaritan woman said, you Jews worship in that mountain, but we say it's this mountain. And Jesus said, Lady, the day is coming when neither there nor here those who worship God worship him in spirit and in truth. Not in location. Not in location. I don't begin to adjust myself because I'm close to 3,800, 200, 38,200 Maple Ridge Drive. Secondly, it is a person. A person is a center for growth. Listen to what Peter says, and listen to this, friends. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I, 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 I noticed that before. I, I never noticed that before. As I sat at my desk, he didn't say grow in the grace of Jesus. He says grow in the grace of Jesus as Savior. Grow in the grace of Jesus as Lord. Grow in the grace of Jesus as the Messiah. It is, it, it is knowing. You know, we, we, we name our son. I, I, I don't know that any of you know the, 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 uh, the um, full name of Christopher. His full name is Christopher Matthew David Thurton. And, and when we name him, I said to Lois, that's just in case we don't have enough money. When we die, we'll leave him names. <laughs> <laughs> but each of those names represents something. Each of Matthew is the gift from God. David is the man whose heart was pure toward God. Christopher means bearing Christ. Each name. And when Peter says, grow in grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gives you the whole of the character of God into which we grow. 
I begin to know Jesus in, in these different parts, if you please. And, and off, the little word off there, and I wish I had time for that, I don't. It, it, it's related to the, the word from, grow from. The word is, is, is ek, ek, means to come out of. When you look at exit, that sign comes from this word. Because you are going to exit out of here to go in a few minutes. So you think. <laughs> exit means to come out from. And our life comes out from Jesus' life. It is from him. It is like him. And, and I, I have made this my prayer and I want to share it with you. Because of Jesus being the center of my growth. O thou who camest from above, the pure celestial fire to impart, ignite a flame of sacred fire on the mean altar of my heart. There let it for thy glory burn in inextinguishable blaze and trembling to its source re returned with constant prayer and fervent praise. Then this verse, I love it so much. Jesus confirmed my heart's desire to work, to walk, to think from thee. Still let me guard the holy fire. Still stir up thy gift in me. Ready for all thy perfect will, my acts of faith and love repeat till death thine endless mercy seal and make the sacrifice complete. Written by Charles Wesley. Jesus is the one, my friends. The Christian life of growth is one of relationship. It's one of intimacy. It is one that as the Father is to the Son in heaven, so we are to the Son on earth. And the last one, the last one, it is a process. It is a process. My friends, if nothing else you and I need to learn, and perhaps this is where we have made a good deal because we talk to people and we tell them how they are to grow and we think it should be instant. Please let me use this illustration in closing. We build houses. God builds castles. See, castles take a lot longer than buildings. We have prefab buildings. There's no prefab with God. He's, he's going to take us and he, he, he's going he's to put us through difficulties. Paul puts it this way. Not as though I have already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have already made it my own, but one thing I do, I press forward. The things that are behind I forget and I go forward that I might accomplish that for which I have been accomplished by Jesus Christ. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. When that man came to the school where I was and he said that it takes 25 years to, to really be a Christian, I think the language could have been different. It means it should have, he should have said it takes at least 25 years to grow, to grow. Because it doesn't take anything to become a Christian except believing in Jesus Christ. 
Once you believe in him, the process begins. And once the process begins, you begin to change. I close with this song, just one last line of, of Sacred Head, Now Wounded. My prayer for you and for us, I put it in the first person singular. What language shall I borrow to thank thee, dearest friend, for this thy dying sorrow, thy pity without end. All make me thine forever, and should I fainting be, Lord, may I never, never outlive my love to thee. When I grow, I will keep growing until Jesus comes, and then the process would have been completed. But until then, grow up. <laughs>